This is the Health Wildcatters podcast. I am Hubert Zajic and I'm the CEO and co-founder of Health Wildcatters. Health Wildcatters is a nationally ranked healthcare accelerator based in Dallas, Texas. So how do people find you? How do, how do they find you? You, you uh, probably have an answer for that. M- maybe you don't. And it's usually the answer is, well, there's so many different ways. And, um, but let's say somebody sets on a part, uh, sets up an appointment with you. Chances are they will Google you. Higher chances are if it's a professional meeting that they will just look you up on LinkedIn. So why? Because this creates context for the conversation. It allows them to understand a little bit about your background. By the way, I would do the same. I don't always do that, but it depends how well I know the person or the person that referred me to this person that I'm about to speak to. So you look, uh, so somebody will look at your LinkedIn profile and draw, draw conclusions about you of any, of any kind, hopefully good conclusions. And, uh, hopefully you've done your homework and updated your profile. So I still run into people who don't have a LinkedIn profile. Number one, um, congratulations, good for you. Number two, not good for me because I can't find out what your background is and it undermines you. Uh, Often this is either number one, really, really famous people who you can Google anyway. So touche, fine. Um, We can find out about um, your background. And then physicians, for instance, or executives who are older and have been around the block and they just say, I don't need it. By the way, best practice is to have a LinkedIn profile anyway, regardless if you put anything there besides your name and photograph. Reason is you don't want someone else to be an imposter. So I've seen that happen now with several executives that all of a sudden had a LinkedIn profile. They have actually no connections to anyone. They just park it there with their name and can be found and it validates who they are but it most importantly blocks bad players from impersonating them another way to think about it is uh, simply this you were introduced or somebody mentions your name and of course you you get googled and chances are if it's a professional setting uh, that person will quickly land on your linkedin page and so are the things you're saying about yourself do they gel with who you really are and how you want to be perceived? It's your first impression. I mean, people will see you. It, it matters what profile picture you use. Does it, do I really think this matters at every level? No, I don't. But, but, but altogether, it does matter. I mean, if you have an unprofessional picture up, um, that says something about you. And it may be a good thing that may be co- congruent with who you are and how you want to be perceived and, and uh, in, in, in many settings, you want to probably find a, a middle way where you uh, have that professional hue and still have your, your touch and your special flavor uh, so that people understand who you are. And it, it could be that you don't want to wear a tie, which is depending on who, what your profession is and what your startup is or what, what kind of your goals are. You, you might not because that's what you, you want to say some about you. You can overthink this certainly to a degree that I'm not trying to get into here. But I also want to say to you, do think about it, look at it with a critical eye and scrutinize your own profile. So when all these things add up, then the story makes sense and it helps you. If, however, these things do not duly add up, meaning 
things within your own profile contradict themselves or you contradict things you said in person or via phone with what's on the LinkedIn profile, then you're going to want to pay attention to that because those are things that will uh, take trust away. So things you might not have mentioned, things you might have left out, things that might not really be in the sequence in which they are on LinkedIn and uh, the importance you uh, attribute to them on your LinkedIn versus in your personal conversation. So those are, those are things to pay attention to. As always, the number one thing people are looking for is inconsistencies. And so that's where you want to make sure that you are representing yourself well. And also remember that LinkedIn profile picture may be the first thing they'll see. This is your first impression. And so think about what it is you want to achieve with that. I don't have hyper formal pictures there and I've never used super professional pictures, meaning I don't like those blue hue background pictures as a personal preference. Maybe you do, but, but it should say something about you and ideally show a, a typical uh, way you present yourself. And so that's, helps a lot when people meet you and you actually are that person. Things that I, I think can uh, you might want to avoid are to go too hard after people you don't know. So there are ways, and I'm sure you've learned them, of where you can buy um, intro emails, you can leverage other connections to be introduced to someone. And generally, those, uh, generally that doesn't work. Somebody did that to me recently and the first thing I did is I took a screenshot on my phone, texted it to the person because the connection between the two of us, we didn't know each other, but the connecting person, I knew, I knew this person well. So, and he was quoted in this cold intro LinkedIn message. So, you know, a minute later, I get a text back. Yes, great guy, totally endorse him. So now that worked. Um, but it's very hard for you as the outsider to gauge whether my connection with this third person is a strong one or not, unless he or she told you, which is, which would be a good thing. Then, then you know that and, and it'll work. So LinkedIn in that regard is, is dangerous because it's very hard for you to deduce how well this person actually knows another person. Again, this is what's going to help you to have rules around your own network to decide how you accept LinkedIn invitations to decide what the rules are for you to connect with someone. But then also we get to the topic of your connections. Very often somebody will reach out to you and say, oh, I know so-and-so, and it looks like you also know so-and-so. So, -so. so um, these are connections that you have in common. It usually indicates that you will run in similar circles, depending on how many those are. But it also can be somewhat misleading, right? Because now we're getting to the question, well, what does it mean that you're connected this, to this person or this group of people? So a long time ago, actually pretty much at the beginning of when I joined LinkedIn, I had to set up a set of rules. One of the rules I set up for myself was that if I have met you or had a meaningful interaction with you, that could be via phone or Zoom call as well, very rarely via email, but could be uh, one of those media as well, but usually face-to-face -face meeting, then I will accept a LinkedIn request from you. And obviously, that's also the point at which I reach out and, re 
and uh, reach out to you as a person I've met. It under no circumstances means that I endorse you or you endorse me. This is often a big mistake people make. They think just because this person knows that person, now he or she is endorsing him or her. That's not an endorsement. This is just we've met. I have several thousand LinkedIn connections now, and to this day I'm able to say, um, when somebody asks me, do you know this person? I say, well, if I'm connected to this person, on, if I'm connected to this person on LinkedIn, well, then at least I've met this person. And of course, it's a professional hazard for me. I meet a ton of people and have for many, many years. And so there's a ton of people connected to me, but obviously I can't endorse them all. And so this is good for you to make, make up that set of rules as well. Very often people will reach out to me before we jump on that first phone call or that first meeting and want to connect to me before. Well, I'm thinking, first of all, why? I don't know you yet. And secondly, there's always time to do that later. Uh, I certainly, again, it's not an endorsement, so I certainly will do it if we've met. But um, so I wouldn't jump the gun on that. Uh, obviously, people will also try to reach out to you and connect to you for various other reasons. And usually, in my case, the assumption is, well, because they see I have a lot of connections and that could help them. So one common thing I see, oh, you know so-and-so and I know so-and-so as well. Let's connect. Or your profile looks looks interesting. Let's connect. Or I'm interested in what you do and we have similar interests. Let's connect. And those are all, no, no, no. And that doesn't mean I don't like you. I, I, I mean, you need to come up with your own set of rules, but have it be something that you can explain. That'll help you a lot as you build your LinkedIn um, network, but then also avoid the ones that are overly salesy. I've seen LinkedIn profiles that literally say 30,000 connections in the profile person's name, and it's supposed to be somehow attractive or something. There are people who engage in open networking, meaning they'll connect with anyone as long as you send them an invite. And again, if if that's your rule book, fine. My 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 sense is that that's how you end up devaluing your own network. You end up not knowing these people, and then if you don't know them at all, how how are you gonna endorse them? So I think you're 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 weakening your own network. There are many ways to really go deep into LinkedIn, and I think sometimes you can get lost in all that. But overall. As, as a startup entrepreneur, have it be to someone that says the right things about you. Spend a, a couple of hours on it. Ask a friend or a, or a relative to look at it with a critical eye. But overall, you've got an online resume at all times. It can be extremely useful as a tool. It can be very useful as feeding you information that's relevant to your professional goals as a startup. It's a great way to exhibit your, your thought leadership. Again, as a startup entrepreneur, I expect you to know your subject really, really well. And if you write on that or publish on LinkedIn or elsewhere, I'm going to you know, be impressed with that and others are going to be too. So all, all good things, not overthinking it, but also don't neglect it. It matters. It should be, it should gel with who you are. And when people meet you, they should, they should see that match up. And if it does, again, it instills trust. It helps people understand you. It actually fills in the gaps of something you might not have said in a conversation later on when they go back and say, oh, where did this, this person go to? 
uh, to school, where does this person say, what company was it again that this person said he was at earlier? And so when all these things add up, it, it, it's a good thing uh, for you. So in summary, do pay attention to your LinkedIn profile. It's a very rich tool uh, which you can use for a variety of, of things. Uh, definitely have one. Uh, definitely uh, make sure it's up to date. And definitely make sure that the things that are in it gel with um, everything else that uh, is uh, is out there about you so that it's clean, it gives straightforward information about you, and it can be used in a purposeful way. That's it for this episode. The Health Walk Hatters podcast is produced and edited by Covington Doan. The music is by William Flato. Make sure you subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. To learn more about Health Walk Hatters, you can follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, or visit the website at healthwalkhatters.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time. <laughs>